loud before we push record. I know. I was planning on coming in real quiet. I'm like, I'm hey. just going to be real serious today. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm never if? serious. That would be terrible. It'd be awful. Episode we'll 289. Like, that's when Sarah got serious. Mm-hmm. It only took three years. Yep. <laughs> 11 more episodes and then I can start rhyming again, right? Is that what we agreed upon? I don't know. Maybe I think you said episode like a thousand. So maybe I still have a few to go. I mean, if you really want to rhyme, you can. I do it in my head, so it's like the same. Wow. And so is everybody else. So we're all doing it together. Nobody else is doing it. Yes, they are. Do they tell you that? No. <laughs> you just know you're not alone. <laughs> I That's just nice. imagine. I just like to think it's not just me. Yeah, Sarah and I were talking about how it's raining cats and dogs in LA, which is so weird. And yeah. I don't know. I feel like. You know how people say that thing about Mercury in retrograde or whatever, but yep. it's something like that going on. Because the other day we were having a Sunday morning lion like in our bed, just being cozy. And yeah. out of nowhere, because you know how we have the high ceiling above our bed and then the window at the top. And mm-hmm. out of nowhere, it was like, pow! And I was, for real, I thought we were under attack. Like I was thinking like, where do, what, what do I it? do? It was two gigantic birds. What? That flew. They must have been chasing each other and they flew oh into the window. They were dead as heck. Like, they. No, they, they died? Oh my God. On impact. Zeus. It was full speed. No. Yeah. Dude. It, that usually. They don't. I haven't. Wow. I haven't seen them die like that. Yeah. I mean, we get a lot of this problem. And that's why we got those black silhouettes that you put on your window to like prevent birds from flying into them. But then oh we did gosh. not put them on the front window. And when we went out there, it was like a bird graveyard. They were just dead everywhere. <laughs> oh my God. That is so sad. I could, is. I would, I, I wasn't even there, but the image of what am I imagine it to look like? <laughs> I feel like it's going to haunt me. Because <laughs> it was so loud. They definitely were going full speed ahead. So they had Seuss, they didn't stand crazy. a chance. Yeah. Well, that's funny that you mentioned birds since I was watching this weird show on Netflix. It's called like, I don't know, like this world of the strange and bizarre or something like that. That's perfect for us. St- right? That's what I said. I'm like, oh, thank you, Netflix. <laughs> uh, one of the, one of the sh- uh, stories on there was about a little girl who's probably like mm, eight or nine years old. And she lives in this house that has a lot of crows in the area. And somehow these crows and this little girl have developed a relationship oh, where wow. these crows bring her gifts. Oh, that's nice. Like they give her little things and it's only for her and she's the only one they do it for. And the craziest <laughs> part about it is that Gifts seem to be getting more humanized, like what? more human. That and, and researchers are like, "What is happening here? Like, what are what they, do you mean, are human? The crows? So at first, it started as like little rocks and little sticks, or what you know, things like that that nature. were more like, things in nature. And there must have been some connection. This is what the researchers and the scientists on the show were saying, or biologists. Um, they were saying that there must be some connection between the birds and them seeing like how much attention she gives certain objects and then going like, Oh, this is what she likes. So they started bringing her things that were more colorful, more things that were like human items. Like her favorite thing is a squid keychain, like that (laughs) they found somewhere. And like the, the gifts keep getting more and more like things that colors she wears things like oh, that and wow. it was weird so isn't that crazy that the crows are like learning what she likes what is like the reciprocity there does she give them food or what 
they were saying that there's there's some sort of like she must have fed them when she was younger. I need or, that you know. in my life. Yeah. yeah. Should I Isn't start feeding cool? crows? I think so. <laughs> and they were saying on there, because we've always talked about what, how crows are like the smartest animal and yeah. what the heck is going on with that. And they never really talk about why, but it's because their brain to body ratio is so no. big. Like, <gasps> like They have a huge out. brain for the size of their body. Oh my God, Suze. This sh- I was watching a whole bunch you of really cool stuff. You really learned on- a lot. <laughs> I did on like animals and music. You know, we didn't discover an animal that could like keep a beat until 2009. Whoa. And what is it? Which one is it? There was a cockatoo, uh, a, a cockatiel or some kind of bird that somebody had posted a picture of or like on the internet. They had found this cockatiel that would bob its head along to the beat. And it was on, it, it was on uh, a David Letterman and all those like oh, late yeah. night shows. This bird came on there. It was like real famous. And the bird, I want to say his name was like Snowflake or something. And the bird could do it. And then they found a seal at, I want to say it's at, in San Diego or something that could also do it. And the seal was the first mammal that was able to keep the beat. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? There's only one of them. So what they found is that this, these animals have a, a part of their brain that processes music and like a relationship with music and timing that part of their brain is more developed. And the only way that brain gets developed is through like those neurons firing over like a lot. So there must've been trainers who played music when they were training this seal and like their environment had a lot of music and it was just like so cool to hear all this. And can you believe that? 2009 it made me think, what the hell are we going to discover in 2019? <laughs> like we're, we're just discovering these things like yesterday. Well, and like my son is six and ca- definitely cannot keep a beat. So these animals are more advanced than my child. No, he's terrible. I'm always like, what are you doing even? That's so crazy. It's tragic. And he, I claims he wants to learn how to Especially since you're so musical. I know. A beat? Just clap on the beat. I don't get it. And Adam's musical too. I I don't know. It's it, he's a tragedy. Mm. It's really well. He can come over to my house and we can clap off rhythm together. Well, and I think you are the v- person that gave him a bongo set, like a oh, small yeah, bongo. I think maybe when you went to that Peru. sounds like something I would. Do. I know, and yeah. he loves it. And he broke it. He used it so much, like he broke through <laughs> the thing on top. <laughs> but not not fixing that problem. Well, you know, practice makes perfect. Hey, just he will we'll say he dances to the beat of his own drum. <laughs> he literally does. Literally. <laughs> I watched a documentary about the Fry Festival. Did you see it? It was on Fry home. Festival. I'm sorry. As fire. In like fry. I don't know why I said that. It's fire. You fire Festival. Yeah, the doomed. Oh, you mean the one that was like the thing that was supposed to happen but then didn't? That's that's the one with Ja Rule. Oh my. god. God, oh my that God. was the most bizarre story where all those rich kids are stranded on an island. Like, oh, you know, it's just the oh. best Schadenfreude ever. Where you're just like, oh, the best. I don't. And they're like, it's hell out here. <laughs> and like the pictures of that next to like the the uh, refugee camps where they're like, uh huh. Yeah, complaining. You're yeah. fine. They're like FEMA tents. Yeah. <laughs> and the Hulu put out a documentary three days before Netflix's version was supposed to come out. And Ooh, that was sort of petty. shade. Yeah. But then yeah. at the end of the Hulu documentary, they basically say there's another documentary coming out and the people that promoted Fire Festival are the ones producing it. 
So what? That damn. Yeah, it that's was, controversial. It was, and like these oh. guys are being sued, and the main guy is in jail for it for um, wire fraud. Because basically, it was like a Ponzi situ- scheme situation where he was oh my god just getting more money to pay off other debts, and that you know it was a mess. It was fun to watch, though. <laughs> Suze, that's crazy. Yeah. And then he's in jail? What? Are, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and for, fraud and I stuff think like it's that. for eight years or something. Yeah. It's not a Oh, small, my God. Yeah. Okay. You know what pisses me off? How come the guy who does that gets more time than, like, sex offenders? Yeah. It's a good point. That kind of bums me out. Yeah. It, and I guess it depends on the state and stuff like that, but... This guy is clearly a sociopath and is very charming and everything. You can see how he got successful, but then they always screw themselves over in the end, the type. Like, well, you know what? Good thing he's, he, like, he didn't turn into like a Bertie Madoff where you really fucked people out of the rest of their lives. Like this guy could have done, if you have the capacity and potential for just a little bit of it, you know, it's like. What are they? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. Like so, like he gets a little taste of it, and then it just. Ugh. Yeah, it was. You should watch it though, because it was like, I will. oh man, this is fascinating, and like oh the yeah, social like media culture and all of that. I'll tell you what is a successful venture though, which is yeah, Joybird. Oh my gosh! Hello, everyone knows love we love them. Room. Yeah, their pictures are all over our Insta, and the. Freaking reason is because they're the best home furnishings and you can customize them. Yes. I'm sure a lot oh of people God. have for seen... For like a fraction of the price, for goodness sakes. Right. And that's the thing is they're made specifically to your custom things. Like if you order custom furniture, usually you're in for it. But this is... Oh, yeah. Is... You're waiting a million years and it's going to be a pretty penny. Yeah. And this is so great because you get a whole year... Home trial, 365-day home trial. Skip the furniture store and bring the showroom home. Sit on it, sleep on it, whatever the heck you people do on your couches and furniture. (laughs) And if you don't love it, you can return it for a full refund. It's so awesome. I totally forgot about that because I loved mine so much. (laughs) Right, it's a non-issue. I just didn't even think about it. And um, free returns within two weeks of delivery. But they're just beautiful pieces. And I see them all kinds of colors. Like, did you see the woman that loves Joybird, the pink lady? Yes. Everything was oh, pink in her whole house. So cute. It's so yeah. cute. So you can make it fit your personality and your house. And they have kid and pet friendly upholstery options. It's really nice. And you can see how Joybird is revolutionizing online furniture shopping. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com slash brain candy. Go to joybird.com slash brain candy and you'll receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using code brain candy. How great is that? That's a good deal. Yeah. So go check that out and tag us in all your beautiful furniture. Yeah, man. All right. Um, Okay. Speaking of social media culture and scams, I have, Landon and I have both now been, I would call it like scammed out of these items that we buy on inst- from things on Instagram. Oh, what happened? Have you seen all these like they're like things that get advertised on Instagram and they look like they'll be like amazing home stuff or yeah. uh what else? I um like a really amazing curling iron flat iron combo and look at what it does and all the videos and blah blah blah. Well, now Landon and I have bought t- I've bought two things off of there. 
he's he purchased one a gift for me for Christmas. For, so for Christmas, he wanted to get me this really cool like. Um, large knit woven blanket and like made with really big yarn it looks really cool oh i've seen that yeah looked great it must be there must be a really expensive version and like a bunch of cup com- companies came out with like a knockoff version and so he bought this one thinking it was like fantastic spent like 175 dollars on it it was it's now been like it was like a month and a half late that it arrived it was supposed to be for christmas oh wow and when we got it we took it out of the packaging the thing was the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. It was like a, pe- a polyester sock stuffed with cotton and then that rolled into like – like they knit that. It was so shitty and it was so weird and like smaller than you would imagine. And what? so Landon like gets on there and he's like, okay, I got to return this. So he tries to contact the company. Well, first of all, he tried to contact the company like where the hell is the product? No answer. Tries to contact the company about returning it? No answer. So he goes back on their Instagram and he looks – and then he finds out like he goes to the shipping place. It will cost $150 to ship it back. Where no. he's like, what the fuck? It costs the exact same amount <clears throat> To ship it. Uh, so, and they're like, and they said when it, it's from, like, shipped from China, and when it gets there, the Chinese post office takes over, and then they can't even guarantee delivery, so you don't even know if it's going to get returned and you're getting money back. Oh, my so, God. So, Landon's like, I'm reporting this as fraud, and I'm going on their Instagram, and I'm going to put, like, com-. he goes on their Instagram, and he can see all the comments that say, this is a scam, they never <laughs> send you your product, this is bad, blah, 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 blah. So, Landon goes through all the pictures, and he starts commenting, guess what the company fucking did? What? liked all of his comments no yes how much are they giving him the middle finger there won't return his emails won't return like any of the stuff about the product but when he writes shitty comments they like them that is so weird is it maybe it's like what is that to get more likes so that your pro your your item gets or do you think it's like bot driven automated I think maybe it's that could be it too. You know, I was telling Landon, I'm like, I think this is what they do. So like, you know, those like internet farms or whatever they are, where a bunch of people open up email addresses and get Instagram accounts, but put, you know, post a bunch of good comments, like, cause they're getting paid by the company and then a bunch of people fall for it. And then they just close up shop and start something new. And I'm like, Oh my God. And the same thing happened to me when I tried to get this like vanity, um, uh, mirror light, like this, you know, these little vanity lights that you stick on your, your mirror yeah. and it's supposed to be like, yeah. you know, do your makeup, blah, blah, blah. piece of shit. It looked like it was from the 99 cent store. It was all scratched up. It wasn't even metal. It was a piece of plastic spray painted to look like metal. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? And I'm like, oh my God, is Instagram the new as seen on TV? Oh, for sure. I'm like, I think it is. Yeah. Do not be fooled people. I think it's worse than as seen on TV. Because it's not just sort of silly infomercial style stuff. It's just complete ripoff scam. Complete scams. And I fell for it before with a pair of leggings. Like they were like, oh, they're the best. Yeah. Nope. Worst ever. It was like a joke. I read an article about sort of this phenomenon where you see something and you order it and it's like not from... The company that it says it was kind of talking about how amazon ends up being the hub for a lot of these weird things and it's companies that they don't have any stock or inventory it's just when you buy it then they order it from the real company jack up the price and then send it to you and it's all 
there's not real storefronts or anything like that. Oh my god. It's it kind seems of and then on up. Amazon it's so weird. And then on Amazon I feel like it's this they found one you know photo of a product and a bunch of people tried to like copy it in like cheaper fabrics or whatever and like sometimes it'll be $19, sometimes it'll be 9.99 for like what looks like the exact same thing. It's very weird. Yeah, and you n- never really even know who's making the money on it. Right. And it's oftentimes Ugh. offshore, definitely not in the US. And kind of weird, but I, I'm surprised with such a high ticket item, like the blanket was so expensive. Yeah, it was so expensive. Well, and so were these mirror lights were like $40 and it was one of those buy one and then you can like get the other one, like it for, you know, your shipping is free if you buy two or I was like, okay, I'll get two and I'll give one to whoever. I wouldn't give this to my worst enemy. <laughs> Why would the blanket cost $150 to ship back though? Because it's like a big blanket getting shipped to. I mean, it's so a big super box. heavy. It's like, it's not even that heavy. I think it's just the size and where it has to go. It's going back to China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred and fifty. Landa was like, "Oh, this is a joke." I think that they. Well, it's kind of weird with these big products. I don't know about that. But I was even thinking, like, man, did they just? put whatever crappy products in something to like in some big shipper to lower the cost of other items it's like you know what we're really like it's a front for something or it's a a, almost like i don't know some weird like i don't know what you'd even call it but so you would not use this blanket not in a million years why is it not soft no (laughs) it's not soft it feels it really does look like a sock like a hospital sock stuffed with cotton and then that's like a long spaghetti like the, that's like the the yarn and then they knit that but they didn't really knit it. it's like and there are holes like the holes are the size of your hand like, i'm gonna need to see a this? picture i already i already vacuum sealed the bag and i was oh. like this has got to go back <laughs> i'm and so it was sad like, you didn't you know, take a picture I should have because it's a, it was a joke. Oh, that's like, like, and then the fact that they liked Landon's comment, I was just, Landon was like, what the hell? (laughs) Nothing. And then this is what they give me to like, this is it. It's pretty passive aggressive. Ooh, that's, that's, that it. They gave you the middle finger via internet. Wow. I do think it was just an automated robot type thing. Yeah. But that's not as hilarious, Susie. No, it isn't. But it would make me feel better. Yeah. Um, Changing the subject, yeah. I read a, an article that was talking about um, if you eat an appetizer that's really good, it'll make you think your meal was not as good, like your main course. Oh. Like if you have a mediocre appetizer, it makes you enjoy your main course more. I was shocked. You know what's funny? The place that I wanted to go with you tonight, I feel like their main course is just meh, but their appetizers are great. <gasps> See? What is that? Right? Why is that? Well, it was just saying that everything is contextual and that things aren't absolute. So if you have this amazing appetizer, then you're comparing the meal to this Mm. incredible experience and you were hungrier then. And so then everything pales in comparison. And I was just kind of shocked because I would think it would be the opposite. Like you have a great appetizer and then you're primed Uh, to think. uh It makes everything better. Yeah, I would have thought. Huh. So what's the trick to having like the, the, a balance and like the best meal, a mediocre, shitty appetizer, mediocre, or? mediocre appetizer, mediocre. maybe like chips and right. salsa 
which okay. you know that's something yummy kinda, but it wouldn't blow you away right maybe something you expect and then <laughs> you know something simple to start and yes. then your main course will be even more delicious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just i have been on this kick lately about how the human brain is so weak and it makes me crazy <sighs> It sure is. is. <laughs> and that's kind of what I was talking about the other day when I was saying how like these serial killers and stuff aren't far from a regular person because of that. Mm-hmm. It's just this thing where you think your brain is one thing, but if you have a good appetizer, it ruins your meal. That's right. Oh my gosh. Right? Weird. Yeah. But if, you, by the way, I just wanted to say before when you were thinking about shipping that blanket, if you are, you should use stamps.com. Oh my gosh! Now maybe I can get it for a little bit less than the uh, <laughs> right because you know, that's the price. Stamps.com. You can even ship internationally. You can print mm. domestic or international postage. Whatever you are sending out, you can still do it that way, which is so great because then you don't have to leave your desk or your house or wherever you are. You just simply use your computer and print out the official U.S. postage, any letter, package, class of mail, and you get discounted postage rates, which is you know. Who doesn't love a bargain? Who doesn't like that? Hello. Yeah. And there's no equipment to lease or long-term commitments. We use Stamps.com to ship all of our stuff because it's so easy. And right now you can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale. So start the new year off right. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Brain Candy. That's Stamps.com and enter Brain Candy. And then I won't take out my frustration on the postal employees. <laughs> right. You can keep I it just at home. Get to keep it at home and shove it down where it belongs. <laughs> I feel like you've had a lot of rage lately. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, just processing childhood trauma, no big deal. Oh my God. <laughs> right? I, I was just yeah. saying that to my sister how, like, we're 40 or so. Like, <sighs> we're right. just now getting to the point where it's like, oh, I got to deal with that. Well, I heard from, and this is, there's, I don't have any scientific, you know, source or anything to back this up, mm-hmm. but I've just heard like anecdotally that you start remembering things at about like you, your memories from childhood that maybe you didn't remember before you start to remember in adulthood a little more and it starts at like 32 ish. Some people like, you know, astrologists will say, oh, you're in your Saturn return. And then psychologists are like, oh, you're in a new phase of life. And you know, like all these different names for it, but essentially like something that happens to, I don't know, our brains or maybe it's just like the next part of growing up or the next kind of, I don't know. I mean, whatever. Why do you think that is though? And like people talk about repressed mm-hmm. memories and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then they come out later. What, mm. why do they come out? Maybe it's like a change of motivation and a change of perspective <laughs> of like what the, drive is you know there's a lot of like drive for self-achievement and like identify like formulating your identity in your 20s of like i'm gonna push myself ahead and it's very like self-motivated at least in western culture very like self-driven and individualistic and then when you kind of get to the age where biology starts kicking in and you start to want a family like the desire to improve the self maybe switches to like more of a family mindset or like relational mindset and maybe that like in looking at your own relationships or experiencing Mm -hmm. that in a different way you i I don't know i definitely remember stuff from childhood having a kid can make people remember stuff from that age whatever age their child is 
because you see yourself kind of again through that lens. So I do think Mm -hmm. that can trigger things to come back. But it is sort Mm -hmm. of a weird phenomenon, again, with the brain where you're like, why did my, I guess it was a survival thing where you repress stuff to get through it. Yeah. But then it can come out later if it's triggered. Totally. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're processing everything or like you're from a, a child's perspective when you're in the moment, but those memories are still in there. Mm-hmm. And then when you're older, you think about the same thing, but you have to kind of reprocess it from an adult's perspective. Do you think when if you kind of stick, when people ahead. do hypnotherapy that that's an effective thing to bring out those memories or is that hogwash? No, I think it's great. Oh, and I okay. think there we use like forms of that in like guided meditation and things like that. I think the real important thing is kind of detaching from Oh, this more like critical judgmental part in your mind that's more like reactive and just kind of being an observer and I don't know, listening and being more active, I guess, than, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it kind of shuts off those parts that say, no, I can't do it. Or here's what I should do or bury that. Or no, that was just, there tries to rationalize things. It just kind Mm -hmm. of observes the memory and i think that can kind of help i mean it's you know but hypnotherapy is not always like sometimes it's other things like i've done i did hypnotherapy like once or twice and it was more like guided meditations of like scenes like visual imagery what that yeah it was like something about like finding i can't i mean gosh i don't even remember now it was like something about finding a safe place and like letting myself know I was safe. And maybe that was just kind of like laying the groundwork because I was younger. And this was, was technically like, considered hypnotherapy? Yeah. Oh. I was like 17 or 18. It was in San Francisco. And were you, know, you doing it for live. fun or what? Uh, no, I was doing it. It's like when I first kind of was looking for different kinds of therapy and, mm-hmm. and ways to like I knew I want I had stuff that I needed to work on and, and stuff like that. But I didn't really know which avenue to take so i was like oh whatever the pop psychology thing is i'll try that yeah and i must have gotten a group on for it or something i was like poor and 18 so i was just thinking about groupon because the hair dryer that i use i got on groupon like six Mm -hmm. or seven years ago and it's the best hair dryer i've ever (sighs) had and who would ever, like at this point in my life, I would not be buying a hairdryer on Groupon, but I'm sure glad I did because it was so, it's amazing. It's, Dude, you know. Suze, you're, this is, this is the problem I have because <laughs> I, we, Land and I were just talking about this last night about when I was complaining about all these scams thing, scam things. And he's like, well, you always fall for the, you haven't learned like if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Right. And I like. And I'm like, yeah, but every now and then I get these awesome things. Yes. Like, yeah, but like, it's like you're gambling. It's like you're playing the slot machines or like, you know, you're, you're, what do you call it? You're mining for gold. I mean, and it's like, I'm, you know, I'm finding a lot of fool's gold <laughs> and not so many nuggets of the maybe, real deal. Maybe, 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 but maybe it's just but about gosh, when you find that good one, yeah. it's so good. And you're like, you have to talk about it for fricking ever. That's how I am. <laughs> I'm like, I need to tell everyone the deal I got. Like once I went to the Goodwill and hanging right there on the outside of the aisle was a pair of Joe's jeans in my exact size for $6. And I'm like, oh my God, they were like brand new. 
I had those things for years. Well, and a lot of times you pay a lot of money for something and it's not necessarily better. Yeah. So it can go both ways. You just have to be uh, discerning with your purchases. That's all. And don't buy Ziploc baggies from the 99 cent store. Yeah, that is. And also plastic wrap. Same. Oh, you, does it not stick? Oh, no, do not. Uh, even oh, generic waste. will not be okay. Waste, not okay. Right. Yeah. Cling wrap only. Yeah, there's this certain products you got to go with the brand. Yes. Oh, interesting. That's my opinion. They have that patent on lock. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know what it is. There are other things too that aren't coming to my head right now. Oh, my uh, my brother Luke, he was over here, and we were talking about uh, Yeti bags. You know those coolers yeah. that are like five bajillion dollars. Yeah. The the guy who started that company, one of the guys who started that company or was working for that company, left that company, and he branched off and started his own, and launched this. Oh my God, what are they called now? Now, of course, I don't remember the name of it, but they're for sale at like you can get buy them on Walmart. Exact same quality, lasts for even like the stuff stays even colder for longer. And it's like 40 bucks. I'm surprised he can do that because a lot of times it's proprietary and he, you know. The, the patent was up or there was um, something about it was like it's been seven years. So there had been enough time to where now everybody else could jump on that. Ooh. I don't know why, but that's what that's what my brother told me. How in the world would like he the even know that? it was kind of like the same thing happened with North Face and I, there's another company that the North Face guy left and he or one of those guys left and like i think it's called artec or something and it was yeah, like yeah, half yeah. the price but same you know wow yo, yo, you gotta yo. be a smart consumer yeah no no who's leaving the company and maybe has a uh, uh, bitter feelings towards the other people there wanting to start their own stuff well the funny funnily enough i was reading this article about the, i think the title was the, the jeans you bought could have affected the election or something. And I was like, oh, I got to read that. It was basically talking about the algorithms that were used by um, Cambridge Analytica and like basically Uh the Facebook thing where if you liked Wrangler jeans or (laughs) L.L. Bean, you were seen as someone who would be more inclined to like the Trump message. Well, I could have told you that. Right. But they call them weaponized algorithms. So uh, where like you just think you're liking J. Crew and you're really liking liberal ideals or something. <gasps> Weird. Isn't it starts strange? filtering you information based on what what you, you like? what your tastes are and they can discern, you know, if you have a college education, more likely things like that. Dude, I believe this because this is going to sound like it's not related, but I think it is. I became a member at with like the um, uh, American Association of Marriage and Family Therapists, like you know, because you have to have that kind of like insurance or liability stuff. And I started getting magazines to clothing companies that totally look like therapist clothes. <gasps> I swear to God, That's they're connected. So I'm like, where did? Why did I start getting these magazines? And they're like the like a lot of costume jewelry and big necklaces, a lot of flowy shawls. <laughs> I I there's one I think I saved it because I'm like I have to take a picture of this and show this to my clinic and be like anybody else starting to get magazines that like are basically pushing you into a specific wardrobe for your field. <laughs> no wonder we all dress like this. We have no time to shop. Oh and my god! This is what comes it's to like the house. The uniform. 
Yes, it was. I was like, why am I? I've never purchased anything from these yeah. online stores. I've never purchased anything <laughs> from a store related to these online stores. I was laughing. They bought your info from like the field yes. organizations. And they were like, she would love a pashmina. <laughs> well, no matter what your job is, I think everyone would love Rothy's shoes. Yes. Oh. They are super chic and comfortable, classy. And I had posted a picture the other day of me in the sneaker, which my pair are white. And someone was like, are those the Rothy's white sneakers? Because they're so clean still. And I'm like, yeah, because you Don't can put them I in the Don't think I didn't see that comment. Right. Yeah. And she's so right because even after you wear them all the time, then you can just wash them in the washer, which is so crazy that there's a shoe that you can do that. Yes. But they have tons of colors and patterns and they do have the different styles, but it's really perfect if you're someone that wants to look nice, but you want to be comfortable. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's why Meghan Markle's wearing them. Did you see that picture? Right. Yeah. We love our Rothy's. We know you will too. Right now, Rothy's has an amazing deal for our listeners. Use code BRAINCANDY to get free shipping with no minimum. Free shipping, free returns, and exchanges on your Rothy's shoe. Trust me, you won't want to return them though. Go to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com and enter Brain Candy to get your favorite flats and free shipping. No brainer. Shoes that are comfortable, stylish, and sustainable and free shipping. Go get yourself a pair today. Rothys.com promo code Brain Candy. Get this deal while it lasts, Sarah. You know how many you know how many water bottles they've repurposed into shoes so far? No, do you? Yes, I do. How? Over twenty three million. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, that's mm-hmm. that's a good point. It's more than just shoes. Right. They're sustainable. And they tell you how you know what they're doing with them. We told you you have to be a smart consumer. Yes. How about how they did? Okay, lecture over. (laughs) How about how they did? I always tell that to Landon whenever I have like a speech for him. Say it, and I'm like, okay, lecture. You just have to get it out, and then yeah, you feel better. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm, did mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a study on risk-taking behaviors. Which, when we think about risk-taking behaviors, we always think about the male things, either kind of like adventure sports. Or maybe if you My mind goes to sex. Oh, right. Or sex, which is also seen as kind of a masculine thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Good point. Or even like in the workplace, like men are more likely to take risks. Yes, totally. Stereotypically. And the people that did this new study wanted to find out if the reason we associate risk-taking with men and why those studies often show that men take more risks is because the studies are gender biased to begin with because Mm. things like cosmetic surgery are risky, but have never been included on. Dude. I think every time you go sit under the hairdryer with a new hairdresser and you go (laughs) get a bleach job, you are taking some risk, girl. That is the whole point. Have you had a bleach burn? I have. Yes. And that is exactly what they thought. And then when they did the study that way, the risk-taking likelihood was equal between men and women. Okay. This makes sense. It's more of like a personality thing than it. And it's equally distributed. Whoa, that is cool. And I totally believe it. Yeah. Like they included booking a flight with a less reliable airline or cooking a really difficult dish for a dinner party that you've never cooked before. (laughs) Or buying Ziploc baggies from the 99 cent store. (laughs) If you do those things... Then they would rank them. Like not all of them are oh death God. defying. 
yeah. some of them. Well, are. anything that triggers a like a kind of like a fear response in you, I would imagine, or some sort of like, you know, anything where of... you could get there could be a big consequence. Like if you yeah. fuck up the meal for a dinner party, sorry, Linda, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. your whole party is going to be screwed up. Um, and Linda would be the one to complain about that at the dinner party. <laughs> She'd be all passive aggressive about it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh God. I guess we'll have pizza. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or she'll buy you a cookbook for Christmas. Fuck Linda. <laughs> right. Fuck Linda. Dude. But I just am excited about the idea that let's look at how these studies have been conducted forever. Oh and yes. how you're coming into it with the decision already made about what a risky behavior even is. Oh my God, that is so true. The plastic surgery one is a big one. Do you think you're somebody who's risky? I don't, but probably was in my 20s. I think yeah. people are more likely to take risks at that age. I mean, just yeah. marrying people quickly. I did that twice. That's risky. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I'm not very risk. Really? Like I risk think you are. Virgin. I have like risk. I mean, I'm trying to like, like, cause you like doing adrenaline stuff. Yeah. And you know what? I'm the same. Like I used to. Oh, you've grown out of it. But I don't I feel like I maxed out. Really? Like you don't have that urge now? Yeah. And even things like, I don't know, you know, cause I would almost call like, is public speaking risky? Well, I would say it's definitely scary. Yeah. It's scary. It's kind of difficult because it's like, you know, now like that's the thing that kind of popped into my mind of like, you know, kind of taking some risks. But now if like, if you, I feel more confident in my abilities or like know where my abilities lie. And so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll do activities or, or take they're not, they don't, it doesn't seem as risky because I know that I have the tools to accomplish whatever it is or, or successfully do that. Yeah, that's so true. I'm not like doing new risky things anymore, like things I've never done before. I feel like that I'm kind of slowing down on. Yeah. You know? Well, I guess that's even, probably like, the idea normal. of outdoor rock climbing is like way terrifying to me now. And I used to do that all the fucking time. <gasps> really? So now that you oh, kind of know more about the risks. I don't know. Or maybe the, 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 it's the idea that, oh my God, I could really hurt myself and I would like to not do that here. <laughs> and like that thought didn't come through my mind before. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to climb this mountain. Yeah. And now I'm like, it's like, well, it's exactly what we started this episode talking about, that your brain is really powerful. Mm-hmm. And my brain gives me way, a way longer list of consequences than it used to. Yeah. It's like, right. really? You're going to throw away all your years of hard work and school to climb this mountain and then fall and become, you know, a vegetable? I don't think so. Well, and it's also like whenever I was getting into that car accident and how instead of my my life flashing before my eyes, I'm just like, oh, this is going to be so much paperwork. (laughs) Because it really, you start to realize how much time, you know, I'm going to have to get a new car and I'm going to have to do the insurance stuff. And you just realize how much time something will take. Yeah. And so you don't want that to happen. Or, yeah, it is like I'm I'm more I'm careful about what I do as to not ruin the time in the future. Well, and that's also why I'm a helicopter parent because I don't want to go to the ER. Like <sighs> that is the last thing. Oh my thing gosh, Suze, do. 
Totally true. I was thinking about this the other day when I was watching uh, some comedian who was talking about having kids and how as soon as he had the kid, it was like, oh, my God, got to watch all that. Like, you know, they go on high alert and they didn't weren't before. And I was thinking that, too, about how I have that since I was a camp counselor. Yeah, I have. My mind is really good at seeing like what could go wrong yes why because we've had things go wrong we've had kids mess around and one girl end up in a neck brace thinking that she had like a serious neck injury you know jumping into the lake we've had like so i've seen it all i've seen so many weird things where i'm like how the hell did that happen okay well next time we want like so i'm just like on high alert i would be a great yard duty well, and that's why, you know, when your mom talks about how your brothers were always jumping off stuff and going to the ER, oh, like, Christ's I am all not, the time. I can't handle that. Right. I just no don't get way. how people are so laid back. Ugh, I, I don't know. I don't have that gene. No, me neither. Skipped a generation. <laughs> kind of like rhythm in your son. <laughs> don't remind me. Uh, but what you should remind me of is that. People don't always know what their APR is. And so they almost never know. Yeah. I don't. And they don't know how much interest they might be paying. And it's probably a ton of money. And who needs that? No one. <laughs> you got to save it for Ziploc baggies. Yes, save your dough. So if you want to see about getting a lower interest rate, you can save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. You can get a rate as low as 6.14 APR with auto pay and save thousands in interest. You can get a loan from 5,000 to a hundred thousand bucks. Maybe even the day you apply, the application is online. It's, there are no fees on it. And they just believe that people with good credit deserve a low rate and an easy process. And our listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get the discount is to go to lightstream.com slash brain candy, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash brain candy. Subject to credit approval rate includes a 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash brain candy for more info. Yay. Um, okay, moving on. Mm-hmm. Sociologist that watches Ooh. the uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I think that's what it's called, mm-hmm. on uh, Amazon, which I hear is amazing, and I really feel like it I is. should watch it. Do you love it? I did. I watched the first season, and I really liked it. Yeah, everybody says If you're it's a so female cute. who likes comedy and is wants to fight the patriarchy, you would also like it. Okay. Hmm, who does that sound like? <laughs> Right. I just never got into it, but maybe I'll give it a try. But he was watching it and he points out the times when they use phrases that wouldn't have been available during the 1950s. You know how we were talking about... Oh my gosh. I say this all the time in movies. I'm like, that's not a word they use then. Yeah. You're right. Because we talked last week about the Merriam-Webster's time travel feature where you can find Mm -hmm. out when things came about words and phrases and he's sort of like that but a human version and he was saying that the phrase i need some space wasn't a thing in the 50s which you know we take it for granted it's almost cliche that someone would in a movie or even in your real life say you know i need space or we need to take make some space or whatever for your relationship wow and so there was this article talking about why that started to emerge in the seventies, and how- oh my gosh, this is fascinating because it, there I can imagine there's a whole cor- tie to like 
concepts in oh my gosh this is so cool tell me everything yeah yeah he was saying uh the the article in the atlantic was saying how you know the 70s was a big time of first of all the sexual revolution and also you know um self-help and yes you know looking within and trying to be your best version etc and then also where women started working more and so mm-hmm. there was more of a sense of equality and when you have that then you have a partner who's your friend which is something that really wasn't a thing up until the 70s like your partner oh was your God. partner and you had very specific roles that wasn't your friend and so and sometimes your partner was your assistant or secretary or chef or nanny (laughs) right and then since you're friends then you start relying on each other to meet each other's needs but that can also lead to feeling claustrophobic and smothered and so that's why people started saying i need space that wasn't even something that would have come up years wow that is so crazy what is it what do you think about it i love it because it makes me think that okay so there was a time you have to imagine that relation people who were learning about themselves people who w- cared about like doing some personal development recognized you know i need to create some healthy boundaries or whatever that you know it yeah. was i need some space for that time and i'm sure there was a lot of pushback of like what that's a weird thing to ask for that's so different that's not how we do it and then it just became part of the culture, something that was accepted, then we saw how that really is important and we do need that. And it just makes me really excited and optimistic for a lot of the newer concepts that are being introduced right now that we're trying to talk to couples about or just anybody about communication and, you know, how to interact and all these things. And there's a lot of pushback of like, what? That's not how we do it, blah, 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 blah. But it kind of makes me excited that maybe these concepts will become integrated into more of like the zeitgeist and it'll become the, the norm. Well, cause it's so true that even with whatever they call the generation below the millennials, the new, the mm-hmm. young people, yeah. they are sort of like really pushing it in terms of gender fluidity and polyamory mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of these things that used to be considered degenerate behaviors, you know? And basically you have to either get on board or you're going to just die off and your ideas will die off with you because nobody's waiting for you anymore. Right. (laughs) Kids are like, no, we're not doing it that way. And every now and then you have like, you know, you have those couples like the woman that we talked to in the very beginning when we started the show who was uh, more, fell into more traditional, um, you know, gender role in her family. And yeah, there's always going to be those people, but the majority will kind of go, no, like these things are important and space and personal boundaries and, you know, identity and blah, blah, blah. It's crazy though, to think about how a phrase that is so ubiquitous that it's almost cliche, the idea of I need mm-hmm. space. It's almost like saying, I, let's just be friends. That phrase is yes. so common. Uh-huh. It's totally like that. It's not you, it's me. Yeah, and you think that's just been around forever. You don't think it had mm-hmm. a, an origin within the last 50 years. Wow, I love that. I know. And I it makes love- me want to explore more of those, like when these ideas kind of yeah. came about. Yeah, and try to figure out why. And I love that. That for me, when I read the article was like, yep, this is why you should follow scholars on Twitter because 
this guy is just sort of a nerdy sociologist who likes the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and like writes a blog about the words that they use. And That's so cool. Yeah, and it just tickles me that this is such a cool little hobby for this person, but it's so interesting to people like us who wouldn't know it otherwise. Mm-hmm. I love people like that. Thank, I'm, yes, I do. And thank goodness everybody has such diverse like, and different right. interests because it really makes – I sure as heck am not going to do a deep dive on the history of stamps, but somebody <laughs> else will, and I will read it, and I, they will tell me all the good stuff. Yeah. And it'll be fantastic. Well, you're fun to do it with, though, because you are interested. Like, you might not read it, or you might not be the one to research it, but if I tell you the information, you're super into it. Yes, I am. And sometimes, I think I have a great bit of trivia, and I'll tell it to somebody, and they don't care. (laughs) Oh, is that not the worst? It happens to me all the time. (laughs) All the time. I bet it does. I'm like, don't, you don't care about, like, this doesn't blow your mind? They're like, whatever. You're like, just me? Okay. I'm like, okay. okay. (laughs) And I'll say that in in like class, you know, I'll be, I'll be talking about something. I'm like, oh, so the other night I was researching blah, blah, blah. And they were like, no, you researching something. (laughs) And then the end of conversation. (laughs) Well, I mean, when you're opening the show with like, I was watching this documentary about crows like, okay, not okay, good point. Typical. Good point. Good point. Oh, that's funny. I mean, I well, think you, you know, do have more of an interest in nature than most people. Mm, I do. I, I like really love you. it. You know, my, my mom would, would tell me this all the time because I told this to her when I was younger and it has kind of stuck with me. And I think this is, this is really why I love nature so much. I told her that I, I, when I went to Costa Rica for the first time and the, there's such diverse well, nature out there, that I could see how so many things in our world are inspired by nature and is like they mirror things in nature. Like, you know, the flower looks like the cup and the flower holds water and a cup holds water, like things in nature that we just inspire and you can kind of see how it's all connected. And I feel like when you understand that and when you can see how, you know, a lot of the things that that we really love in, in our regular modern world and life are things that were somehow inspired or or connected to or related to nature, but we've kind of forgotten about the connection. And I really like to embrace and like understand and see and explore the connection. Well, and I think that I'm not a person who believes in intelligent design. That's a religious Mm -hmm. belief about Mm -hmm. the earth's origin, but Mm -hmm. I get why they do because I can see how you would look around at the world in the way that you're describing and you can Mm -hmm. see just the the genius of it if there were a a creator. Mm -hmm. Um, And you think about the the intricacies of each animal and even bacteria. I can see why you'd be like, well, of course, somebody had to make this. It's amazing and beautiful and orderly. And I don't know. I I do relate to that idea. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I, and yeah. And there, everything kind of overlaps, you know, the science and the spirituality and yeah. there's like, and there's so much unexplained stuff and things we don't know about. And I'm like, what the hell is at the bottom of the ocean? Yeah. You know, that's all the that good bit though. That keeps yeah. it all interesting because yeah. it does feel mysterious. And I think it does lend itself to transcendence and ideas that are bigger than you, which is always a good thing. Yeah. Another good mm. thing, Sarah, is investing mm. your money. 
Yes, always great. <laughs> so then you can spend it on things that remind you of nature, like plants. <laughs> um, a lot of times I feel like people that aren't familiar with the stock market and stuff, they feel intimidated by dipping their toe in the water. And that's why I really like Robinhood because they created an app that lets you invest money for the first time, but with confidence. So it's simple and it has an intuitive design and you'll feel comfortable kind of giving it a try. And that way, you know, investing isn't just for wealthy people, which I hate that idea. Um, and Robinhood is great because there's no commission fees. Some brokerages charge a lot of money for each trade, but Robinhood doesn't do that. And like I said, it's super easy to use. And then you learn by doing, and then you can build your portfolio and learn a lot about what, where your money's going. And Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock. You can get Apple, Ford, or Sprint, or something similar to help build your portfolio. Sign up at braincandy.robinhood.com. That's braincandy.robinhood.com. So that's a fun way to get started. In that so, uh, realm. So yes. Speaking of some nature, I thought <laughs> this this article came up in the New York Times, and I I just thought it was just a it was a cute title, and it made me sad, and I just thought I'd share it. Okay. It there is a snail mm-hmm. in Hawaii that was the very last of his species, <gasps> and he just died. Come on. And his name was George. What? And he lived. Guess how old he lived to be? Guess how old a snail lives to be, Susie? I would have said like 15 maybe. Oh, you're close. 14. Oh. Don't you think that's a long time for a bug? Yeah, now that you mention it, that is kind of 14 crazy. years. Well, they are George slow though. <laughs> they say he died of natural causes. Oh, that's true. Maybe a slow metabolism, yeah. slow everything. Yeah. Huh. He, he, yeah. What did you say natural causes? He did die of natural causes. They were expecting him. He was born in the early 2000s in captivity in an attempt to keep the species alive. And he had about 20 other, like, I don't know, fellow snails. That, and they all of a sudden died. How are we sure that he was the last one? I don't know. I guess they're, they're a t- kind of snail that's uh, specific to a certain forest in Oahu in Hawaii. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's funny, though, what we don't know. I was just reading about a a crazy salamander they found in, like, the southern states in, like, the the Mm -hmm. bayou type thing. And they hadn't had a new vertebrate animal in, like, 50 years or something. And this guy came out of nowhere. And I think they call him the leopard python. Uh, not python, a uh, salamander. But anyway, I just don't get how we didn't know that was floating around down there. They're just chilling. And like this snail, how do we know it's yeah. only in that jungle? I don't know. I mean, Darwin would say because they didn't need to evolve to have any other of the, you know, the kind of traits that he has anywhere but that forest. Oh, Really? Yeah, it's like the birds. It's like the 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 finches. Mm-hmm. You know, and like the length of the beak, and how the same species will be different in different places. Yeah, and all that, and it's it's what is it? It's not evolution. It's adaptation. Well, I guess you know, or not he, adaptation. It's evolution. Whatever it is, it's backwards. It's that trait continues. Whatever trait is advantageous <clears throat> to the species continues to be. You know. Well, and it is like 
super far out. How would he get elsewhere? Right. And, right. <laughs> yeah. What's he doing? Hopping on a ship? Hitchhiking? <laughs> he doesn't even have any thumbs, Suze. <laughs> he doesn't have thumbs. That, I mean, I don't, he does take his house with him. True. Yeah. So he can't, he is mobile. He can travel. Have shell. And he won't travel. have to pay for lodging. I can't believe that he just died of natural causes. I mean, now I just have the most adorable picture of a snail backpacking <laughs> because it has to be a backpack. Right. But like, he doesn't have arms, yeah, so that'll no. be hard too. He needs a and fanny he's not pack. A suitcase. He needs a fanny pack. Oh my God. And he's just like stopping at the little hotels and they put him like, <laughs> a little, and he like goes out of his shell. But and he calls only goes like two feet a day. Yeah. Oh my God. I tell you, know, this is just something I like to do, but every now and then I like to pick up a snail and move him about two feet forward and put him down again. That cracks me up when you do that. I've done it my whole life and I still do it. And I, I, it just tickles me. And I'd really like to think that I saved them a lot of time. Do you think they are happy when you do that? I think so. I think wherever they were going, they're like, huh, I'm going to be early. (laughs) I hope Steve put the dinner on. (laughs) It's so funny. Although you really don't know where they're going, so you could be getting them totally off course. Well, exactly what we're doing right now, which is anthropomorphizing a snail, <laughs> is what these researchers are saying we need to do for more animals to keep species alive. Oh, because really? Because as soon as you anthropomorphize something, people start paying attention to it, which is why all the new – like it's a, it was a trend a while back of for um, – uh, whoever discovers the new species gets to name it, and there were these – researchers, I can't remember what college, but a lot of um, college students who were discovering new species of spiders and they were giving them all celebrity names. Do you remember that? It was like a couple years ago. And there was like a Leonardo DiCaprio spider. (laughs) No, no, no. Oh, I can't remember his name. This was real funny. I'll look it up real quick. There's nothing that anyone could do to get me to like all kinds of spiders. And I don't even have arachnophobia or anything. I just don't, there's nothing you can do to make me want to save their lives. Oh, really? Well, I'm kind of... No, Sarah. Them. No. Yeah, I know. We've, we've been in this I'm okay for. with them. I just yeah. take them or leave them. If they mm-hmm. go extinct, I'm not sad about it. Well, you will be when you have an infestation of houseflies. <laughs> for example. For example. So it was the researchers at Vermont University, and they discovered 15 new species of a Spinothorus spider, mm-hmm. and they named them after celebrities, including uh, Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there was Spinothorus Barack Obama. Why did they yeah. do Obama? There, because they, they like to make it sound Latin. They just add like an oh, A-E oh, okay, at the okay, end, you know, yeah. Spinothorus Michelle Obama. <laughs> Spiner, Spinothorus David Bowie. Oh God. That's a weird one because it's B-O-W-I-E-I. Mm. I don't like it. Yep. Yeah. It should have, they should have just one. dropped the E. And make it yeah. Bowie like that. Yeah. Spinothorus Leonardo DiCaprio I. Nope. Yeah. They lost me and with a Bernie that Sanders part. one. <laughs> and a Bernie so. Sanders one. They should really not do political figures if they don't want to alienate half of the population. Ah, uh, well. Are you saying that? Like it should be Tom Hanks or one. something. Bur- right. Bernie Sanders. I mean, does everybody not like Leonardo DiCaprio? I think there's more conformity in terms of, or uniformity mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. people's passion for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or like oh, Tom Hanks, point, you know, point. like they're trying to bring it. They're trying to bring awareness to spiders and political <laughs> causes. Messages. I think because yeah, otherwise causes. you would then also yeah. have a Republican represented. Right. Well, yeah, 
I don't know if there's a lot of overlap in the, um, you know, <clears throat> what, what Science. entomology department. <laughs> right. The Hawaii thing, though, made me think about how there's, I read this article about a new airport that was built on an island in the middle of the Atlantic called St. Helena, which is mm-hmm. where um, Napoleon died. And not a lot of people live there. And so they're calling it the world's most useless airport. <laughs> but like the people of St. Helena are really happy. Yeah, they I'm sure. They finally have an airport. But I'm like wondering how the heck did they, did they have, how did they get off the island before? Oh, no. You know what they do is those, maybe they have like those little yeah, um, strips, those little tiny planes or like helicopter. But how- and I went and stayed at some island in, where were we? But the only place you can get there is like one of the, what do they call them? Puddle jumpers? Yeah. Okay. But when the puddle is half of the Atlantic. Oh, really good point. How are really, they really good point. anywhere? I don't know. Forget it. I don't know. <laughs> they definitely have some unique snails on that island though, I'm sure. <laughs> That's what made me think of it. But it would freak me out if I were a person that lived there and there really wasn't a way off except for boat. That would scare you? Yes. But what if you had all your resources that I see, I'm kind of into that. I'm like, Mm-mm. this is great. Even when I'm in Hawaii, just I just feel like a little, mm. what do they call that? Uh, there's a word for it that they, yeah. Call. Uh, uh, not, not cabin fever, but what is it? It's like, uh, uh it's like the opposite of being landlocked, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. It's oh, what the hell is that name? I can't remember. Or they Damn. call it like mainland fever or something. Yeah, that I I want to say it was like fever. That's what my mind went to, like cabin fever. But it's not that. It's like, yeah, where people move there because they think it's paradise, and then they mm-hmm. after six months they're losing it. Yeah, what the hell is that word? <laughs> you can people could tweet us. I don't know. Anyways, but I uh, you don't yeah, feel so like I'm, that I'm at fine. all. No, the idea then when I thought about it, the idea of like not having a a craft store around if the holidays come wow. come up kind of kind of gave me a little i was like oh mm. that's what pushed i might miss, that. You I might miss a edge. target i might miss a target oh my god i don't know that is it's so funny that you know people i've heard people say like they live in a small town and i'll be like how small and they're like well we have a costco so that's how like they gauge it is <laughs> it's by like the what? bar <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's funny anywho that's all for yeah. now. And it gets more metropolitan. Like if you live where close to an Ikea, I know you're oh, in a yeah. big city. Where did they just say? I think they were opening the first Ikea ever at, is it in New Zealand? I think oh, it maybe. might be. But mm. they were so excited. Yeah, people are. They love that, you know, Swedish design. and There is a lot to love. Of- I get it. Iffy construction. There is a lot to love. I do love it too. That's funny. All right, we're done. All right. Talk to you later, friends.